You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, we've got mini camp this week, so we're going to get some a little bit more information and then, uh, you know, quiet time. But uh, it should be a fun week. Uh, and I'm kind of getting prepped for what I'm going to do in my long desert. I'm trying to get all the movies that I missed out on or missed out on TV shows collected. So uh, I've got something to do in my life when the big cowboy's hole is <laughs> is taken out for me. So, uh, I, but uh, we're we're here to talk about cornerbacks, and uh, that's that's going to be right. exciting uh, conversation because there's just a lot to talk about at the position. Yeah, I think the cornerback is one of the more interesting ways to cover, uh, positions to cover, because we've got some established veterans on the team. We've got some guys that could break out and mm-hmm. take a big leap. But we also have a bunch of kind of unproven guys that we're excited about as well. So let's kind of jump right into it. Uh, I want to start with Byron Jones. Mm. Um, and the story from Byron Jones last year was the first half of the season was spectacular. He turned into a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback. The second half of the season wasn't quite as good. Still really good. Um, he had off-season hip surgery. What are we expecting from Byron Jones in his second full year at cornerback, Landon? Because uh, we're not exactly sure when he's going to return from his injury. Do we think he can go to another level? Just kind of give me your general thoughts on Byron Jones entering 2019. Well, it sounds like the good news here is that he, he sounds like he might be a little bit ahead of schedule on on his on his recovery, just based on what he's saying. So you know, we got to take it with a certain amount of grain of salt. But you know that they, sure. it sounds like they're in a phase now where he feels like he could be doing more. Uh, but the trainers are holding him back, and I think that's a good place for him to be. It's, it, his goal yeah, it's is perfect, to be yeah. ready for t- training camp, uh, and I think that you know, I think that if if they're in a spot where you know they're holding him back, that usually means that they're being judicious, and that you know, I think that it's on their schedule, and that obviously they didn't build a schedule that's going to put him at a disadvantage for playing in the regular season, if you get what I'm saying. And it's not the worst thing either to not have him be there, even for the first couple of weeks of training camp, because there's, there's so, so many, many guys, guys. to get to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, and we, we kind of have an idea of what of what Byron Jones is and, and his level of play. And, and I think that what we've seen is that when he's healthy and he's in this system, he could play like one of the top five cornerbacks in the NFL. And I think that he played like that for multiple weeks in a row. Um, and so I, I think that if you look at what his arc is or where, you know, um, where I think he uh, is going from here is I think it's probably a lot more the same. I mean, hopefully, you know, he doesn't take a huge step back in any manner. But, I mean, I think you, you look at uh, a guy who is coming back into a system that he's comfortable with a year in the system now, um, you know, the health situation, they're figuring it out. Um, but I, I think you're hoping that the thought process is that he's going to step back in and be a, you know, a top 10 at least and maybe top five corner. So there's been a lot of discussion this offseason that Byron could be kind of the one that gets squeezed out of this contract extension with Prescott coming up and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott. 
Uh, I know we're both big fans, but what do you think from the Cowboys side of thing? What would he have to do this year to really warrant, you know, the front office saying, hey, we've got to sign this guy. We cannot let Byron Jones have free agency. What would he need to do to, to get to that point? I mean, I think the issue that they have, and, I, and this is the, the Byron Jones math for the, for the contract is, is difficult calculus, right? Because how Absolutely. do you parse his play with his, it being his play inside the Chris Richard system? And, and, and my, my argument would be we've seen him play at a really high level before Richard even got here. At corner? At times, I mean, especially like in his okay, but how, year, in his second year. But is he going to want to get paid as, like a cornerback who played well at times? Like he's going to want to get like top corner and uh, and you know the the top corner in the the free agency market value at that point, right? So I guess my point is, is yeah, that absolutely, yeah. We you, you at least would like to see another year of it. I would, you know, and and I and I also to be you know. Mia culpa, or, or frankly, I don't really care because I don't really mind it. But I was also the guy that wanted to see another year at Demarcus Lawrence. So for everyone mm. that wanted to save a whole bunch of money, I was I was more interested in seeing him do it again because of you know he has an injury history. It wasn't that I didn't think he could do it again. I just wanted to see his body do it again. You know what I'm saying? And I think can, can I can I make the argument for Byron why you want to sign him even if Richard leaves let's say okay yeah because that's um, my that, that was my last point was that if you know the issue is is that what happens if you sign him and then and then Chris Richard leaves can he operate at that high level that you're paying him at outside of Chris Richard's system so sure good um a couple things he's never missed a start in his, in his NFL career now I know he's banged up now but he still played all the way through the 2016 season so that's that's a good thing you get a guy that's pretty durable he did you see a guy that snap his knee back into place one time and go back into a play yeah, yeah he's a he's a robot man I guess the Jets that was a that was a fun one. I, I was he's, terrified he's a tough guy happened, he, but, yeah it was unbelievable uh, We've seen him play multiple different positions. He's cornerback, free safety, strong safety. He's one of the best tight or one of the best tight end stoppers in all of the league. Um, and you just don't get guys that are this type of athletes very often. And on top of all that, he has the high, well, one of the highest character on the team, right? I mean, there's you talk about his leadership ability, his intelligence. Those are the kind of guys I want to pay, right? High character, super athletic, and durable players. I mean, so what if he takes a little step back with? With Chris Richard on the team, or if Chris Richard leaves, I'm paying Byron Jones because I want that kind of player on my roster. And I, you know, look, I, I, I don't disagree. My my argument is not I don't think we should sign Byron Jones. It's more. Oh yeah, absolutely. This yep. is what the debate is going to be as to how much to pay Byron Jones, and then also, you know, of course, all of that is tied to all the rest of these contracts that are going on. So it's just that but, his calculus is more difficult than other players, I think. You're right. You're absolutely right. But it just seems like to me, and I don't want to turn this into a running backs don't matter conversation, but when you're comparing it to somebody like Ezekiel Elliott, who we know the life, you know, the life of a running back doesn't last as long. Elliott's had some, you know, bump-ins with some incidents around the NFL. It just seems to me Byron plays a more important position. It, it, It seems like such an obvious choice to pay Byron Jones over somebody like Ezekiel Elliott. Even though Elliott's, you know, one of the best running backs in the league, but uh, that's a decision the Cowboys are going to have to make next year. Um, real quick, let's go real ahead. quick before yeah, we do ahead. that, just yes or no. Well, not yes or no, but who would you pick if you had if no off-field stuff was involved? Which I understand that it is. 
Who would you pick to, to be healthy for the next two years between, you know, with if, if you had to pick one that you had to bet on to be healthy and, and not miss games for the next two years, who do you think would be Byron Jones or Ezekiel? Byron. Really? Yeah, just because we know running backs just get banged up a lot. Yeah, I know, but we're talking. That's my. That was kind of my point. Is that we're talking generally instead of talking specifically. Right, right. That's it. <laughs> running backs just have a hard time in general staying on the field. Doesn't even matter. You look across the league right now. What running back is considered the most durable? You know, Zeke. Gurley's been hurt. I mean, Zeke. <laughs> that's, that's my that's point. It, right? Is that Zeke is like? Look, every every running back has got their own superpower. Zeke's is durability. <laughs> Zeke's is that he takes a lick and then keeps on ticking. So I guess my, that was more my argument is that yeah, I, 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 I understand you're, you're, you're totally right from a 10,000-foot view. But like if you look at the specific Cowboys situation and Byron Jones, like you're right. Byron Jones has not missed a game, but neither is Malik Collins. You know what I'm saying? Like It's that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit different, like a little bit less to the degree for Byron than it was Malik. But Byron's I a better saying. player than Malik Collins. For sure. Sure. So I think he players um, at a high, higher level injured. But, yes, I, uh, we could argue about this all day, frankly. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about some more of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Let's go to Chidobi Awuzie. Uh Last week we mentioned him as a player. I think it was on our, our Wednesday podcast about he could be the next guy on defense to kind of take the step up. A uh, fantastic athlete, year two of Chris Richard. What are you expecting from a Wouzier this year, Landon? Well, I mean, I think you you saw all the things that you think you want to see for a young player that uh, could be taking a step towards being really good, right? Like, I mean, he because Byron Jones was playing so well, he got a lot of targets coming his way, and you know, he he definitely gave up catches, and and you know, there were definitely some games that he really struggled. The thing about him, though, is that that's going to happen to. First of all, that's going to happen to a young player, twenty-four years old, still. You know, still a young, young mm-hmm. kid. Um, but I think what you see that's really super encouraging is if you go and watch the tape, like he is there when the ball gets there. Like he is, he is. You said it's bad luck. Yeah. Well, there's, luck there is a lot of bad luck, and so that luck will that luck will change, you know, at some point, or at least will fluctuate. But I think the point is, is that. He's competing. Like he is. Like he is definitely. He's arriving at the same time as the ball. Uh, he's making plays on the ball. Um, sometimes the, it's getting through his going through his hands. Sometimes he times his jump poorly. But those are all elements that are imminently fixable with with more and more reps. What you don't want to see is a guy who's just being left in the dust and like spinning his head around, not knowing where the ball is and not knowing where the the, the receiver is either. That's not Byron Jones. You know, he's he's. He's with the guy. He's on the guy. He's just missing. He's just, you know, like, there's, there felt like there was a lot of him. Oh, Joe, oh Byron, I mean, uh, Chijobi's right there, and he just doesn't quite make the play. I, to me, that's encouraging because he's a young player, and he's already mm-hmm. at that step. The next step is actually, you know, making the play on the ball, intercepting the ball. Uh, and I think that, that I'm, I'm going to bet on that the idea that he's going to take that next step because, I mean, you look, it's a trend. This is a guy who produced on the ball in college a lot. I mean, he didn't have a ton of interceptions, but he had a ton of pass deflections. And um, right. and that's something that translates a lot to the NFL. And, and I think what we're seeing is a guy who is going to compete on the ball. And uh, and I think the next step now is, is actually winning a little bit more of those co- uh, competitions. Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. Um, 
one of the things I was always really impressed with the Wuze is how well he kind of digs at the ball. I, even if guys are catching the passes, he's kind of always digging at the ball, trying to get the ball out of there. I think the Redskin game in 2017 was a perfect example of that. Um, one of the things I always like to look at for cornerbacks are penalty numbers. Uh, we don't really ever talk about it with uh, defensive backs. We look at their interceptions, pass deflections, and if we're really getting advanced, we'll look at their pro football focus, like their passer rating given up. Uh, but Actually, penalties are a pretty good way to determine which cornerbacks are playing well. Uh, last year, despite playing, I think, almost every single game, starting every game on the outside, Ouzier had just two accepted penalties against him. A pass interference on the one-yard line. They gave up, a, it was just a one-yard penalty. And then he had offsides on special teams. That's it. Uh, so despite all the times that defensive backs, or excuse me, all the time quarterbacks were targeting him, wasn't giving up a lot of plays down the field, wasn't a turnover, or wasn't a penalty machine. Uh, and it's just something I kind of like about him. At 24 years old, I think he can still grow into a, to a pretty good cornerback. And I think 2019 is going to be a very, very good year for him. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the slot because this is an interesting position going forward. We've been talking about Byron Jones and his contract. But the, there's another player in the Cowboys secondary that could very well, I mean, deserves a contract extension as well. Is that's Anthony Brown? Um, he's entering his fourth year of his career. Uh, they kind of already have his maybe replacement there in Jordan Lewis. Um, Anthony Brown, Landon, do you think that's somebody the Cowboys will sign, or do you think he's going to be another victim of kind of this cap crunch they're going to be under? Yeah, I mean, I just think that. To me, generally, they're going to want to continue to kind of rotate these corners in. And that's also another element with this Byron Jones thing is that what's the plan with Richard? If Richard is going to be here for a long term in one you know, format or another as you know, either the defense coordinator or maybe head coach if things don't work out, like then they're going to want to continue to kind of rely on that instead of having to necessarily pay the big money to these guys. Uh, and I think Anthony Brown is definitely going to be someone who will be in the conversation for someone that they'll consider to let go because, I mean, he's been really good. I, I mean, especially last season, I felt like he really played well uh, and showed mm -hmm. us a lot of good uh, a lot of good tape. I, I think that there's a high likelihood, especially in today's NFL, that he'll go out there and get paid by somebody. I mean, he's, only, he's young, he's 25, he's fast. He can play on the outside a little bit, but I think... That, he's got a lot of snaps. He's in the NFL played, yep. Yeah, and I think that that's... I mean, considering he's basically started or was a very heavy contributor as a rookie, uh, this is a guy who's got a ton of snaps for such a young player and, and has production to a certain degree. Maybe not a ton of interceptions, but again, he's he's active. He's making plays on the ball. He's you know making solid tackles at key elements, at key times of the game. Uh, you know, this is a guy who can do the, do what you need. He's he's a gritty defender, uh, the kind of guy you like in the nickel. And um, and right. I think he has incredible athleticism. Again, I think that they like him a lot. I just think that they realize they can't re-sign all these guys. They have to find ways to kind no. of shuffle them in and out. They've already got another guy in Jordan Lewis who I'm sure that they love. Uh, you know, they, they, you know they, they, it, it's champagne problem to have to, to decide between Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis as their nickelbacks. Um, and I think that it's going to be interesting this offseason because I wonder if maybe – Jordan Lewis doesn't take a step, and this becomes more of a competition. And, and frankly, you know, as good as Chidobe has been as well, I, I just think that Jordan Lewis has talent in a way that he may challenge either one of those two guys. So I just think, with all of the depth at this at the position, it's there's a high likelihood that Anthony Brown is probably going to be a guy that they'll allow to walk and go pick up a comp pick for. 
Yeah, I'm looking at like some slot-only cornerbacks on OverTheCap.com. And guys like Aaron Colvin is getting $8.5 guaranteed a year. Tavon Young, 8.6. Justin Coleman, $9 million. Bradley Roman, Roby, $10 million. Oh Logan God. Ryan, $11 million. Uh, considering how well Brown has played, just a guy like Buster Screen, who I don't think is a good corner, got seven million dollars or seven million guaranteed per season. Uh, I, Anthony Brown's better than all those guys. And he's, and younger, he's younger, probably. Yeah. So that's that's he, he's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. I, I think the number for him is like nine or ten million dollars next year. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing that. The Cowboys are going to be able to, to get you know that kind of money for, or be able to afford to pay him that. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Jordan Lewis. You mentioned him, kind of the guy that's been kind of lost in Chris Richard's you know new scheme. Uh, Richard kind of mentioned him as an exception to the rule because he's always looking for these big cornerbacks. Um, Richard, or, uh, Jordan Lewis did not play a lot of snaps last year, but when he did. He was impactful. I think about the the New Orleans game where he covered uh, Alvin Kamara, and he was maybe the reason why they won that game. What are we expecting from Jordan Lewis in year three? Well, I mean, I think he's. uh, I think we've what we expected last year is probably more what we should expect this year. I mean, I think this is the year. I mean, I think his ascend to kind of make a play for the position that we thought that he was going to last year got put on hold a little bit because of the the changeover in systems by Richard coming over and the you know the premium put on all the things that he doesn't have like uh you know speed and length and and height what he does have uh he does have good length I shouldn't say that because that, that should he does have the yeah, good of length to, to operate in the system it's more just the height and you know elite yeah he, I think he has actually longer arms than Uzi yeah he does actually and so uh, and I th- maybe even Byron Jones, uh, or just as clo- a close. So I-, I think that what Jordan Lewis brings is he's a playmaker in a way that I think that uh, some of these guys may not, uh, other other guys may not be. I-, I you know he's just has a knack for for making plays in the ball. He's aggressive. He's so competitive. Uh, competitive. His attitude is fantastic. You just love it, the way he uh, handles it, uh, the-, the the big situations. And I- and I think if anything. Um, that gets shown out by the way he played uh, in New Orleans game. You know, I mean, they gave him a specific assignment. Uh, his job was to, to to deal with Alvin Kamara, who is you know one of the best, if not the most successful running back, uh, running wide receiver combo running back in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And um, and he you, you can know, just say best running back in the NFL. He's, he's not the best running back in the but... NFL. I mean, <laughs> okay, he's, he's busy. You know, he's busy dealing with the best running back in practice all day. <laughs> Uh, I don't have to argue with you about this. Uh, it's, it's, you know, they, it, it, so, like, you know, he, he got a specific assignment. They trusted his skill set for something that was un, un, unusual, but but a good fit. And what happened? He, you know, he had, I think he had, like, just looking at pro football focus, they had four targets uh, in that game and with only allowed two, recep- uh, two receptions. And then he got the uh, the game tying interception or uh, pass deflection, if I remember correctly, on a yeah, in, on a third or in fourth the game winning interception. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was—the game winning interception. So, um, yeah, I think he, you know, he's shown that at big play at big moments, he he's not afraid to step up and do what he needs to do. Um, and uh, and he's and he's not afraid of the spotlight at all. And he's tough. He can make the pl- all the plays that you need on the field. Uh, I just think he needs an opportunity. And I think you know, like I said, the the, the changeover defense kind of reset his thing. 
but I think I, I expect him to compete for either one of those interior nickel spot or, or maybe Chidobe spot if, if he's really you know taking to the, the defense that much. I really have a hard time believing that anybody in the NFL has a better one through four combo than the Cowboys do at cornerback. I mean, all those guys are talented, athletic, uh, they're proven. Uh, they're not having to rely on rookies. They're versatile. You got guys that can play safety down in the slot, out the outside. Uh, just a really loaded group. But now I'm excited to talk about the rest of the guys on the roster mm. because after the top four, man, you've got some guys who, you know, very well should be maybe starting for other teams across the league. And let's start with Michael Jackson, the Cowboys' fifth round pick from Miami. Another insane athlete that kind of has that height, weight, speed, arm length that Chris Richard's looking for. Uh, what are you expecting from him in year one? Well, it's tough to say. I mean, they clearly, uh, you know, they they. It sounds like they're they're they love this kid. They they really were excited that he uh, was able to fall to them. Um, I, I'm thinking that this is a guy who. You know, best case scenario comes in and competes for one of the down roster jobs. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I think with the idea that next year he's competing for a starting spot, right? Yeah, like, but think I mean, about what you just said. The, the best case scenario is that he comes in and competes for the fourth or fifth cornerback spot. Yeah, I mean, that's how talented, that's how talented, this, talented this, this group this is. is. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I really believe it. So I, I, I think that that's kind of. You know, worst case, he doesn't make the team, obviously. But I think his trajectory is come in, give, put some good snaps on tape. Um, you know, I, I think his what he's trying to do is make the team. I, I, I think that, that if he could make the team, that'd be amazing. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I think likely he would be a game day inactive guy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, or maybe just a special team. Yeah, or yeah, or maybe a game day active special teamer type because maybe that you know he that works out numbers wise for the active roster Mm -hmm. um but otherwise i mean i think it wouldn't be terrible if he ends up being a practice squad guy or you know just uh, i i I think that's in the range i mean but the problem is is depth not his ceiling i mean no matter how fast he 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 ascends in his skill set you know there's 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 a ways to go above him so uh, it'll be sure. interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, he's definitely a better fit than than a lot of these a lot of people that are in that room, namely Jordan Lewis. But but I, I think it'll be interesting to see if that if the talent is is such that he he still has to wait. I remember at the draft, people were complaining that the Cowboys. Uh, kind of missed on Isaiah Johnson who went a couple picks ahead of him and a lot of people thought they had to settle for uh, Michael Jackson and I actually think it's the exact opposite. I think Jackson's a better fit because he's more experienced on special teams. He's a better tackler right away. So if you want to throw him out on the field to play special teams, he can do that. Uh, I mean, he's still a ridiculous athlete. He's a 95th percentile athlete. Uh, I think he's more pro ready and again, if you're going to lose a Byron Jones next year or an Anthony Brown, you got to replenish some of that depth, and I think Jackson's way closer to being a productive NFL cornerback than somebody like Isaiah Johnson. So maybe you uh, know, I'm excited. Real quick, maybe they sure. maybe the, his his ceiling. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe his ceiling is that he does so well that they decide to trade a an Anthony Brown or a Jordan Lewis. You know, I mean, he. You're I, right. I think he it's not play. out of the realm of possibility. It's, it's really just not. about how quickly he ascends. Like it would not shock me at all if we get to. If we get to training camp and it takes us all two weeks to realize, wow, Michael Jackson is so much better than some of these other cornerbacks that we're going to talk about. He's got to make the roster. We can't we can't risk exposing him to the to the free agent or the waivers or whatever. 
hey, if we can get a, a fourth-round pick out of Anthony Brown now before he hits free agency, let's do that and let's move on. I, just That's just a hypothetical scenario, but again, certainly possible. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some more of those down-the-roster guys. Um, let's go with Donovan Alumba, a guy that was here last year who we really liked. We kind of thought he had a chance to make the 53-man roster. Uh, he made the Cowboys practice squad another one of these really big, long, athletic cornerbacks. Uh, what's kind of the scenario for Alumba that you think is going to happen for him this year? Well, I mean, just another guy. I mean, I, I, you know, there's so, only so many numbers that you can play with with these with all these guys, and and I, he's another guy who I think is a really good fit for what they're looking for. Um, I think he pro, you know, at, at this point, maybe has a likely as likely a chance to make the team is Michael Jackson just because he probably because yeah. you know he's been in the system for a while and you know, he's he's he fits physically what they're looking for um, so yeah and I think it's just one of those things where there's a lot of people that all kind of fit in a system and there's a lot of talent here so how much room are they can I make have? a production yeah please He's going to start multiple games this year, but it's not going to be for the Cowboys. Uh, it wouldn't really surprise I, me, you know. Like I, to to me, he feels like he's going to be one of these guys that the Cowboys flip at the end of the preseason for maybe you know help at another spot. Maybe it's offensive line, maybe it's defensive line, maybe it's linebacker. Uh, I mean, in fact, I just named three of their deepest positions, so probably not those. Ones. Maybe <laughs> running back. Maybe they flip Alumba for a proven running back. And Alumba goes on to start seven, eight games, kind of like Chavarius Ward did last year. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think that, like I said, this this whole group is ripe for, you know, someone who's making a, an upside play, especially someone that's in a similar system to us that I think it, you know could really use a cover three long corner. And Alumba's got the issue is with Alumba's kind of experience, and we've been seasoning him well, you know. So I think that he could be a nice trade partner, uh, a trade piece for somebody. Yeah, that, that won't surprise me. He's just too good to be stashed in a practice squad. Sure. And I don't think he's going to make it through waivers. So I, I can certainly see another team picking him up. You know, a team that runs a similar type of scheme. Maybe it's a team inside the division that knows the Cowboys are loaded at cornerback and they're just waiting to see which guy doesn't make the cut. Um, lastly, I want to talk about Chris Westry, uh, the cornerback from Kentucky. A lot of people's pet cat coming out of the UDFA class. Uh, it's six foot three and a half. 212 pounds, super athletic, uh, kind of looks like a deer out there playing cornerback. I mean, he's got a long ways to go, but this is your typical Chris Richard project. Um, it's probably going to be pretty rough in training camp in the preseason. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of gifts and videos of him struggling to kind of break down and change directions. But, man, this guy's got some upside. What do you think about Chris Westry in his rookie year? <clears throat> yeah, I think this is a guy that, I mean, he needs to be on the practice squad. You know, like he 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 uh, he's uh, I think talented. He's played in the SEC. It's not like this is a guy who you know was is a complete position switch and all that. But this guy's got experience playing at a high level and you know against NFL ready wide receivers. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that you know he's gonna if he's gonna make it in the NFL, he's gonna make it in this system. Um, but having said that, like he's you know he's got some work to do. So I think that he'll hopefully, you know, you hope that uh, he uh, 
he gets in, he gets maybe clears waivers, gets to a, the practice squad. He gets a lot of experience. I mean, hopefully, he gets a ton of snaps in the preseason and gets some experience. Um, but I just don't. I don't know that he's going to be a factor on the team this year. I think he's next year's Donovan Alumba. Yeah, he, that's what I was going to say. He's probably the guy that's going to take Alumba's spot in the yeah. practice squad, right? Yeah. If Alumba ends up making another roster, kind of like we might think he is, uh, he's probably going to take that spot. Uh, two guys I want to mention really quickly. Uh, CJ Goodwin from Cal here in PA, uh, six foot three, 190 pounds, long arm, super athlete. Uh, he was on the practice squad last year. I think did he even get brought up to the active? I think he was on the active roster in week 17, I believe. Uh, played a little bit of special teams, and then Tristan DeCloud, uh, a guy that the Cowboys uh, signed last year during the. I think it was after the first couple weeks of the season, put him on the practice squad, activated him for a week, put him back on the practice squad, and then the Cowboys gave him a futures contract. Uh, another another big cornerback, six foot two, 206 pounds. Uh, it just the, the, the number of players that they have at this position with height, weight, speed, athleticism is just ridiculous. But any thoughts on those two guys before we go? Well, Goodwin, I mean, I think the thing there is that he's a special teams ace, you know, and so yep. I, this would be one guy who, you know, of these last few names we're going to mention, this is the guy that I would say that has the highest likelihood of ma- actually making the team because he'll play a high percentage of, of special teams uh, snaps. Mm-hmm. So if there's any one of these guys who – you're going to look and say, what the heck? How did this guy, down roster veteran guy, make it over all these young guys? It's because he's a special teams ace. He's, he's the guy that is going to be on every single special team. He's the one who made the team, not necessarily because of how he plays defense, but because of all the special teams he plays. This is only C.J. Goodwin's eighth team in the NFL. Eventually only he'll eight. make it all the way around. Well, only eight. Yeah. He's only he's a quarter of the way there, so uh, he's got better pick it up. He started his career, uh, I remember, back with the Steelers, I think, wait, I'm trying to remember, 2014 maybe, as a wide receiver, played for Atlanta as a receiver for a couple of years and switched over to cornerback, um, moving all around. But uh, an interesting player to at least keep your eye on yeah. going into the season. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.